You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon from Explore the Bible Students, back with you for another Leader Training Podcast. I mentioned before that uh, every follower of Jesus faces suffering on some level, um, even persecution on some level. Well, today we're going to see that every follower of Jesus is going to face grief, is going to face death. Um, we all face death. Um, we all experience it. We all experience grief because people around us are going to suffer and die. And it's really sad. Um, and it's okay for it to be sad. But there's a different perspective. And it should be sad, okay? I think that's important to recognize. There are some Christians that can have this almost like... Um, flippant view of death, like it's no big deal. That's not biblical, by the way, to think that death is no big deal. Um, it is a really big deal. That's why Jesus rose from the dead, because he hated death and conquered death. Death was an enemy that Jesus wanted to slay and overcome. So don't think that death is not a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, but it's not something that should overcome followers of Jesus in a way that like consumes us and keeps us from living and from and from uh, and from operating from doing the things that God wants us to do, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I haven't even mentioned the name of this session. This session is session six. It's called Comfort and Grief. We're looking at First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen, and our central truth is this: the hope of Christ's return comforts us in present grief. All right. So in this passage, Paul's going to correct something. Uh, kind of one of the first times he really steps in and begins to correct this church. Up to this point, really, Paul's. Um, message to the church at Thessalonica has been one of commending them and encouraging them and, and uh, you know, patting them on the back for how they follow Jesus and the example they've given to other churches. But at this point, um, he has to correct something. There's some misinformation, some poor thinking that's causing problems in the church, and apparently um, there was some misinformation about death and about what happened to people when they died. And um, yeah, so Paul's going to step in and correct that. Now, there's something that this church got right that a lot of us maybe get wrong, um, and it's this. It's this idea of, like, heaven being this um, disembodied existence, like in the clouds or something somewhere, like in streets of gold. That's that's not exactly the biblical view of heaven. The biblical view of heaven is, um, is, a, physical, is a physical reality um, where we'll have real resurrected bodies. Jesus... Um, is demonstration of that because Jesus rose from the dead and he promises to one day raise the dead to be with him. He's going to redeem and renew this broken world. Uh, he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth, He's going, which means he's going to renew what's broken in this world and heal it from its sin sickness. And so um, they, they knew that, but they these believers were waiting for the resurrection from the dead. They were waiting for the day when Christ would return. And so they're worried about, well, what's going to happen to the people who die now before Jesus comes back? Um, they believed in the return of Jesus to inaugurate this new kingdom. And so they're, you know, they're worried about, about some of these things now. So here's what Paul says. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, meaning those who are dead, that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and the same way, through Jesus, God will bring those who have fallen asleep. Okay, so here's what he's saying. Christianity centers on resurrection. 
there is no Christianity without the resurrection of Jesus. And the resurrection of Jesus is the seal, is the promise that those who trust in Jesus will one day also be raised from the dead. So um, Christianity is a physical religion, and we believe in the value of the physical body. We believe in a future, real, uh, literal, physical resurrection from the dead. And so um, death, for all of us, uh, for followers of Jesus, is temporary. Um, everyone's going to be raised. Now, whether we're raised to life in Christ or we're raised to judgment, um, those are two, that's a different question. But, um, you know, Paul says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the archangel's voice and the trumpet of God and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So therefore, encourage one another with these words. The reality of the resurrection is the promise of um, future resurrection for us. The reality of Christ's resurrection is a promise of future resurrection for us. It's this message that um, we don't grieve as those without hope because we know that death is a temporary state. The, you know, the present death is a temporary state. We're going to be raised to be with Jesus forever, and that is really good news. Christ is redeeming the world. He has redeemed us in him. All who trust in him um, have a completely different perspective on death than the rest of the world. So, I want to leave you with this. I want to point your attention to the Be Vulnerable note on page 59, uh, and it says this. When we think about the future, even our future with Christ, it can sometimes feel far off. If we're honest, even with all the brokenness in our world, we might not be eager for Christ to return just yet because there are so many things we want to experience or do first. Your students might feel this way. Consider sharing with your students about the ways you've struggled to live in eager expectation for Christ's return. What are some of the idols that might get in the way of wanting Christ above all else? So, um, yeah, I think this is also a passage that challenges us to think about what we want, what we want out of life, what we value the most. Um, what, what, do we, what do we hope to get out of this life? Because, listen, um, this world, even though there's so much in it to be um, interested and curious about and experience and explore, it's nothing compared to what's to come. Because what's to come is not a total destruction or... or uh, doing away with this world. So it's a renewal. It's a resurrection. It's a, it's a redemption of this world. So um, imagine a world without the effects of sin. Imagine a world where no one was selfish. Imagine a world where um, we got to experience the beauty of creation without the fear of, of being harmed or hurt by it. Um, that's the kind of future we have to look forward to, and it's going to be so glorious. Um, we do not grieve as those without hope. You see, our perspective on life and death as followers of Jesus is one filled with hope, not overcome by despair and frustration, and it is really, really good news. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com.